All right. Welcome in to another episode of the Fit Parent Podcast. I don't know why I do this weird voice when I first start. It's a little weird. Um, I think the audience really appreciates it, though. They they understand how awkward and weird you are, so it makes them feel <laughs> It's my, my radio voice. It's the... Well, also, I have these new headphones on, and it's like kind of echoey in my ears. Like, this might irritate me to the point where I have to switch at some point, but we're going to be fine. <laughs> We're gonna be fine, but they look. Yeah, I look official, head. though, right? I, I feel like yeah, I got the mic. I get. The, I look like I'm. I'm the big deal. This was my my Christmas gift from Megan. This is our first podcast post uh, post Christmas. This is, you know, last year she got me the mic. This year the headphones. Next hey, year, man. in three more years, we may have whole, another studio. <laughs> a whole dang studio. <laughs> oh man. Um, we're looking for an office. That's the next step. So I'm not doing this in my kid's playroom, basically, because that's where we currently do it. Um, I moved, I moved spaces today. I'm not in my office. I'm in my Lego room, which like anyone else would call this a dining room, but mm-hmm. it's, it's where I keep my, my Lego village. Wow. Um, and those are for people who aren't watching us um we have the adult like expert level legos that my husband and i put together because we're super nerdy and it's a nice stress relief after like a tough day <laughs> and we don't let our child help us we're like you stay away you'll mess don't it up touch it <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's my we got uh levi we got all the kids uh these things called magnetiles Oh, I love magnetiles. They're really cool. Uh, By the way, earmuffs for children, putting them together on Christmas Eve so that there was like they were like out and I made a thing. It took me so it took me longer (laughs) to build something that didn't fall apart with those and like try to use all the things and like what am I trying to build? Mm-hmm. than it did to like put together their kitchen last year and megan was like yeah. which one was harder i was like the kitchen be- or the magnetiles because the kitchen i knew what it was supposed to look like yeah. i didn't know what i was doing my creativity was not there or did like levi the kit? they have magnetile extension kits now so i have like a dinosaur world yeah uh my mother-in-law got him the dinosaur world. we just got the basic one because he has them at school and he really likes them and so it's you know those squares and the triangles and whatever and they can kind of make what they want to so he likes to make a snake which basically is just you just put a bunch of them but then he wants to make the head and so Mm -hmm. then i'm like trying to make the head i'm like i I have a vision for how this head's gonna look but they keep on like he keeps on one i'm like you're gonna mess it up like (laughs) (laughs) i am making the perfect snake head like don't (laughs) touch it leave them out during an adult party like when there's no children eventually this will happen to you eventually (laughs) (laughs) we left them out during like many of our adult only parties and they were always being played with by people in their 30s like these are really cool like yeah i know (laughs) weird awesome we i don't know if we'll ever adult only party that feels very lofty we had we had uh, a couple friends come over who who have four kids um and they came over and megan had so this is like our friend group it's so there was there was three couples and we were all like you know we were all very very good friends and and um so we were friends prior to kids and and we lived 10 minutes down the road they lived on like the same property and then we lived 10 minutes down the road so we hung out all the time you know and and then one of them started having kids and so they moved and they came back and and 
we had dinner and there was a moment where we were looking around the table and there was no kids with us or it was one like infant. We were like, we have 10 kids between us now. Three couples, like four, three, and three. And I'm like, this just happened very fast. (laughs) We became adults very quickly. And so they came over, they have their four kids and they came over and this was Megan's idea, which was, I was like, it was a fun idea. But she had the idea that we were going to play a a game. We were going to play a board game. The adults were going to play a board game. How did that go? Seven children running around. I'm like, you... It, it this is this is the most foolish i mean we were able to kind of pull it off like we put the we put our kids to bed basically and their kids just stayed up <laughs> and they were like we'll go to bed and they'll go to bed eventually and so like we cut it in half but it was it was quite something so adult only party is uh is a bit off eventually uh, I said. eventually yes <laughs> Five years from now, when my we only had one kid that we had to pawn off onto grandparents to be able to have adult only parties. See, that's the challenge. Like anytime we like try to go do anything, like overnight, we kind of we got to get two. We got to recruit both sets of grandparents because we're not sending all three to one. Uh, So it's a it's a bit of an endeavor um, to make it happen. At some point, we'll we'll figure it out. It'll happen. It'll happen. I'm not worried. But you mentioned that that is a stress relief for you, which is a wonderful transition into what we're talking about today. That's what they thought about that. You did. You're so silly. Um, So today we are, uh, I don't know if it's the second or the third S, I guess if you want to consider sleep, it's one of the four S's. Um, If you're not considering sleep because I was part of the hierarchy, then this is the second S of fat loss. And these are, again, the things that make the hierarchy, the mechanics, the building blocks of fat loss easier were able to do them. Um, and so today we're talking about stress management, um, stress in general, stress management being the second one. And so we're going to talk as we have been about what is stress? Why is this an important factor in the fat loss and weight loss and overall health process, but then also going to be talking about stress as a whole and some strategies to manage stress and the values of it. Um, I told Amy before we hopped on, this is the most notes that I have brought to a podcast. And I bet you didn't think that I had notes when I did this. I was just going off the cuff. No, I prepare. (laughs) Um, But this is the most notes that I have uh, and the most kind of digging into it uh, just to make sure that I hit on everything. So I'm excited to do that um, as we dive in today. So I want to start, first of all, with... This is maybe a little bit backward in, into what we're going to talk about, um, but we'll talk about what is stress a little bit more down the road. Um, but want to talk about why this is an important part in the fat loss process to start um, and then kind of give some strategy, like talk a little bit more about what it is and then some strategy. So why is stress management so important when it comes to fat loss? It is very, very similar to sleep. All right. If you remember the sleep episode. If you haven't checked that out, you should absolutely go listen to that one because they're very related. Um, Mm -hmm. Sleep and stress, stress and sleep, right? If you have good sleep, it's going to reduce your stress. If you are high stress, it's going to reduce your sleep, which, you know, in turn goes this way, right? So it's very cyclical. These are very related to each other. And really the mark of um, are you handling your stress pretty well is can you sleep? Um, that's usually a good indicator. Like if you can get a decent night's sleep, then you're probably at a a reasonable stress level. Um, Now, uh, 
and poor sleep we talked about is a form of stress. Mm-hmm. It adds to your stress, right? You start the day, like last night was a little rough. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, from a sleep perspective, the um, the kids, you know, they'll, they'll wake up sometimes, you know, in the middle of the night. Um, but last night was like the timing of it was really rough. Like, I don't know if I remember this uh, from when the kids were, uh, were newborns. Um, but so the twins woke up last night at like 10, 30, 11. And so I go to bed at like nine, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like right as I'm getting into like deep sleep. And so I'm like wicked groggy. And so when the twins, when the kids were all younger and you do like the feedings in the night and we would do it in, in shifts and things like that. And so we did like, it was clockwork. It was every three hours. So it was like 7, 10, 7 PM, 10 PM, 1 AM, 4 AM, 7 AM. Like that was the schedule that we were on basically. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't go to sleep before the 10 PM feeding or the 1 AM feeding. Because if I went to sleep and I got like two hours and then I had to wake up, I was like, it was such a weird space for me. I was, I was super tired and I, I really groggy and it made it really difficult for me to sleep. Like I needed to do, so I would stay up until the one, the 1 AM feeding and, and let Megan sleep through that one. Cause we were, we had to bottle feed our kids, um, because, uh, her milk never came in, um, mm which that could be a, maybe an interesting episode to talk about uh, breastfeeding at some point. It, it um, might be. I'd have to dig into that. Um, but um, maybe I have her on talk about that. Um, just her experience. But the idea of, uh, so I would stay up until one and then I would be able to sleep through the 4 a.m. one. So I would go from one until seven. And I'd get like a chunk of sleep that was better. I say all this to say, so like I woke up at, I got woken up at 10 30, 11 o'clock and then got back to sleep. And I was like a little tough. I was very, very groggy during that time. And then yeah. Levi woke up at like two and I was like, oh, this is just a really rough go of this. And then I was, yeah, my, my alarm goes off at five. Um, so I was like, all right, well, that was fun. That was a good time. Um, so <laughs> say all that to say, like, that's a form of stress, right? Like I wake up and I'm, I'm like, I, I'm not, I'm not at a hundred percent today. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a form of stress. And so why is this a challenge when it comes to fat loss and, and weight loss and overall fitness and things like that? Well, uh, when you're stressed, the same challenges occur as when you are tired, which is it makes it difficult to do the things that you need to do in order to lose fat. And, and because you're stressed, like you're focused on the stress piece of it. Like it, the top of your priority list is not, I'm going to eat in a calorie deficit because calorie deficit is a form of stress. Like you're mm-hmm. putting your body yes. into further stress and you feel like you're, you're brimming with stress. And so you're like, I don't, I just want to eat like the stress eating piece of it. Some of it's comfort, some of it's emotion, right? But some of it's just like my body can't handle being hungry on top of the stress that I'm already experiencing because hunger Mm -hmm. is a form of stress. The idea of working out because working out is a form of stress, good stress, Mm -hmm. bad stress. We'll talk about that in a minute, but like working out is a form of stress. And so if I'm already brimming with stress, the idea that I'm going to go do this timing could be a part of it. Like if I'm stressed about like, I feel really busy and scattered the idea of like, how am I going to take the time to go, go for a walk or go do a workout or prep some food? All of these things are harder when I'm stressed because you're focused on whatever it is that's stressing you out. Mm-hmm. Also, just think about experientially when you're stressed. Like, 
if I'm stressed out, I don't generally crave protein or right. vegetables, right? Like no. No. we're looking for a we're looking for like a dopamine hit, right? Like yeah. we're stressed. We, we need like, we're, we're here. We need like something to lift us out of it. And so we oftentimes go to something that's a little bit more comforting mm. to try to escape from the stress and we don't have the skills we need to escape from mm. it naturally. And so we go to this other thing. And so in the same sense that um, sleep is a challenge when it comes to or important factor in terms of, of fat loss, managing your stress makes it easier for you to do all of the other building blocks, right? The seven building blocks of fat loss, calorie deficit, protein, fiber, sleep, movement, strength training, cardio, all of those things become simpler when you're not overly stressed. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that move the needle. Another factor in this, and this is a subtle piece, and then we're going to dive into a little bit more of what stress is and, and that sort of thing. But another factor in this is is the psychological piece of this, which is mm-hmm. stress. And, and we've talked about this in uh, ad nauseum on the, on the reasons why the scale can fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the scale fluctuates for one of two reasons. It's either water retention or, or food retention. Like if you see a spike up on the scale, for instance, yeah. right? Like your, your fat, your body fat is going to go up or down, mm-hmm. but it's going to go at, at a certain pace. But any of the fluctuations beyond that is going to be water retention and food in your, in your system, like extra water, extra food. And so extra food is you ate a little bit later or you ate a little bit more than you normally would. And there's just basically you have to poop, right? Water retention is you had more salt, you had more carbs, all of those things just hold on to water. But the rest of them are all related to stress, poor sleep, hard workout, and just stress in general. Because stress, when you're stressed, it releases a hormone called cortisol. And and cortisol has gotten, I'm not going to get too into the science of this. I'm not going to be, you know, anti-humorman and, and get crazy with all the things. But this is an important hormone to understand because it's, it's demonized, I think popularly in the fitness industry is like, you know, you gotta, you gotta reduce your cortisol levels. Like you gotta reduce your cortisol levels. Like it's bad for you. And it's, it's not bad for you. Like cortisol is a natural occurring hormone that is essential for living. Yeah. It's necessary. Is that, is cortisol the fight or flight? Adrenaline is, but cortisol is your body's response to it where if when faced with a stressful situation, so this kind of goes back to where stress, like stress comes is originated from like when we were lived in, you know, the wilderness and we're like, all right, lions and tigers and bears, right? Yeah. Oh my, we gotta like, we gotta, you know, have that response to it. So cortisol is part of like adrenaline cortisol, right? Think about what it would be if that was the situation. If I was faced with a bear, that's a stressful situation. Water retention means that like my body's not going to let anything out. <laughs> it's just like we're, that's not priority one right now. Like bowel movements right. are not priority one right now. I'm holding on to everything because all of my focus is on survival in this moment. Mm-hmm. And so our body holds on to water when we're stressed. So 
poor sleep as a form of stress, you hold on to more water. A hard workout, and again, we'll dig into this a little bit more, is a form of stress. You hold on to more water. Why is that psychologically challenging when you think about fat loss? If I am stressed, even if I make it through the day mechanically and I don't derail from my calorie deficit and I do all these other things and I see the scale go up because I'm stressed, because I stressed, cortisol, water retention, the scale Mm -hmm. goes up and I did everything right the day before. Mm -hmm. That is a new form of stress (laughs) where I say, why is the scale up? I'm doing everything right. This is so frustrating. Why can't I seem to make any progress? Mm -hmm. And then it's very easy for us to then throw in the towel because it's like, well, it's not even working. Why am I bothering? And I'm already stressed. Like, I can't do this one more thing. Mm -hmm. So when we think about managing stress, now you cannot, and notice I'm not saying removing stress. Because stress no. is a natural part of life and most of it's not in your control. Yeah. Managing your stress and how you respond to it and then your your levels of it is going to help you mitigate the two sides of this, which is one, your ability to still do the things that you need to do even in the face of stressful situations. And mm-hmm. two, you're not holding on to these high cortisol levels that carry over where then we see the water spike dramatically, mm-hmm. consistently and get discouraged and stop doing the process because we have to continue to do the process in order to see the results. So where the scale becomes an issue is when that tells us that we're not doing the things that we, we are right. The scale is telling us something that different than what's reality. Mm. So those are the two ways that high stress can impact our fat loss, pretty cursory to this point. Kind of makes sense. Yeah, I'm following. Cool. It's nice to like understand some of this stuff because obviously all of us experience stress, but it's it's yes. almost reassuring to hear about that it can impact other areas of your life because like, I don't know, there are days where the stress goes up and then your self-doubt goes way up too so it's just nice to hear that this is natural and it's it's normal but there are ways that we can combat it a little bit yeah so now we're going to get into what is stress and how to combat it all right so the first thing that we need to understand is stress by itself is not inherently good or bad okay there are good stressors (laughs) and there are bad stressors there's it was distress and you stress All right. So stress has the ability to be productive. And we'll talk about that. And it also has the ability to be not productive. And it's how we manage it, it's how we respond to it that indicates what it is. But it's also generic in the idea that it is stress is indifferent to the stressors. We respond the same way regardless of what is causing us stress. Like the the physiological response to stress is the same if I do a workout, right? I do a hard strength training workout. That is a form of stress on my body. It is a good Mm -hmm. form of stress, Mm -hmm. but it is a hard form of stress on my body. My body is the, the physiological response to that stress is exactly the same as, I don't know, I'm faced with a bear or like my kid is 
misbehaving and shouting at me or mm-hmm. I, my family member just got a really bad diagnosis, right? All mm-hmm. of those are negative stressors, but my body doesn't know the difference. My body's going to respond to it the exact same way. And so some of the stressors that come into our life are the things that we are choosing to do. And that's fine. But a lot of the stressors are outside of our control, Mm -hmm. right? You are not necessarily, and this is coming back to like, we control the process, not the outcome. We are not control in control of a lot of the things that happen to us. I'm not Mm -hmm. in control of whether my kids wake up tomorrow morning or in the middle of the night, as an example, Mm -hmm. like I can do, I can do things to try to help, but if they wake up, they wake up. Yeah. I'm not in control of a family member who gets a tough diagnosis. I'm not in control of the jerk driver who veers into my lane. That's a form of stress, Mm. right? I am not in control of that piece of it. And so stressors are going to come. And so the idea that we're going to avoid stress is foolish to the point of delirious Mm -hmm. because it's part of our life. And so it's not that we need to avoid it, that it's a bad thing. It's how we respond to it. That's important. And we also can even take unfortunate or maybe negative stressors and have them help us Mm -hmm. with our response to it. It's an opportunity to practice Mm -hmm. because stress management is a muscle just like your other muscles are, right? It's something that we practice doing. We get better at the more we do it. This is Mm -hmm. why I say all the time, uh, if you want to see what your unfiltered self is, look at your toddler. <laughs> like yep. we feel uh, like everything that my kid feels, I feel I've mm-hmm. just gotten better at maybe centering myself than mm-hmm. he has. Now he might feel it a little bit more intensely or whatever it is, but like I, I reached the point where I'm like, I respond the way that he responds and it's not good, but like he last night, he like looked at me, he pointed at me with a fist and he was like, no. And I was like, I grabbed his fist and I got right in his face. And I said, no, that is not okay. Because I had to right? like, I had to like be firm and say like, that's not an okay thing to do. But I was upset because that's not a pleasant thing for if somebody got in your face, an adult got in your face and put their fist two inches from your face and said, no. And he yelled at you like, that's not a pleasant experience. No. But this is sometimes what we want to do, right? There's times where I just want to lie on the floor and cry. And there's times that I do. <laughs> like, quite honestly. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm like, this is just not my day. Or want to punch a wall or hit a pillow or, you know what I mean? Like, we get these frustration. We get these feelings. And we just become better at or better is maybe not the word. We, we've learned how to manage them a little bit differently. And that comes through practice. And there's a reason why my three-year-old cannot do it or my two-year-olds cannot do it, as well as me at 32 can do it versus somebody who's 62, who's lived a little bit more life and has more perspective, right? They might be a little bit more measured than me. But it depends on how they do it, right? Because we all know the 62-year-old who is off the reservation 
because they haven't taken the time to practice. Like time doesn't necessarily do it. It's mm-hmm. how you pro- are proactive about handling it. Mm-hmm. So stressors live. So again, we're talking about stressors, the things that cause stress. They can be both physical, a workout, mm-hmm. a bear. I don't know how many people are seeing bears. <laughs> but bear. um, yeah. like it's a physical stress or it's a psychological stress. It's it's That's oftentimes perceived, but it's in, in different things stress different people, right? Mm-hmm. It could be something like for me, I'll just, you know, own this. I am, <laughs> you all might be surprised by this. But I, I have uh, some OCD tendencies. Let's just say that. I, I, <laughs> what? <laughs> no. I live. I live on. I have some tendencies. Uh, this has never been diagnosed, but I think if I were to look at myself, right, the plates are going to be color coordinated. Why would they not be color coordinated? There are colors to them. Welcome the, to the tribe. Yes, the Glad toys to are going to get put back where they're supposed to go, not yes. just thrown willy nilly into the thing, yes. right? Um, yes. So I have. I have some. Some. I, I live on that that spectrum a little bit. And so one of the things that causes me stress that maybe would not cause other people stress who are maybe a little bit more free spirited, which is not a bad thing, right? Like my wife, bless her, is a free spirit. And if I did not have her, I would have no fun. I wouldn't have no fun. But like she makes my life a lot more fun because she's a little bit more free spirited and impromptu and and that sort of thing. And I'm more structured. And so you kind of need these people, like the little relationship thing. This is uh, a la Dave Ramsey, right? You you need the nerd and you need the free spirit. Like the free Mm -hmm. spirit gives the nerd a life and the nerd gives the free spirit some sort of structure so that they don't run out of money and time and everything like that. And so when when we get something that I'm planning on, I have an expectation of something happening a certain way and it doesn't happen that way. I sometimes get disproportionately stressed as compared to somebody else. Like that is a more of a stressor to me than it might be to somebody who maybe isn't quite so type A as me, you know, like I have a harder time letting go of that. Now I've had to learn, like you learn this over the course of time, you can maybe get better at it. Um, and the hope is that I have, and I will continue to. Kids do this to you. <laughs> like you can't mm-hmm. really have hard lines. Um, and so some of this is circumstances, but uh, the psychological stressors are oftentimes perceived differently. They're not binary in the same way that maybe a physical stressor is, right? Like mm-hmm. I have done a hard workout and you have done a hard workout. It might be relative to each of us what hard is. But that stressor is going to look fairly similar to both of us if we took ourselves to the same percentage of our capacity. Yeah. But the same thing that stresses me out might not stress you out and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But the stressors in and of themselves are not necessarily inherently bad. They're also not necessarily things that we can control or avoid. But when we get the stress, this is what our, our body's response is. And again, this goes back to when we were nomads, right? Your body is going to say yes to certain things, certain mm-hmm. functions, and no to other things. It's going to prioritize things. Like, yes, your legs are going to be able to run when you mm-hmm. are stressed. Like, you're going to have blood flowing all there. 
But mm-hmm. digestion is not a top priority when you mm-hmm. are stressed. This is why people mm-hmm. can feel bloated when they're stressed. Because mm-hmm. your body is not prioritizing what functions it feels are optional mm-hmm. <laughs> in those moments. So what we need to do when faced with stressors, this is the management piece of it. This is when we're going to start to get into, um, I'm going to, well, I'll go one more thing here. So stress can be good. I'll go here. Stress can be good in the sense of like, if you get sick, right, you get a virus, whatever it is, that's a stressor. Mm-hmm. And your body's response to it is to get stressed. And then the productive thing that it does is it sends things to you to combat the virus. Mm-hmm. Right? That is a stress response to the stressor. Now, that's not necessarily a pleasant stressor. And it's not a pleasant response, but your body is doing it. Right. Right? And that causes inflammation everybody's like oh avoid inflammation like inflammation is bad for you not like not necessarily if you get cut and you get like you need like it's your body's response to protect right. you right like and sending extra good stuff to fix it has to do it right mm-hmm. if you have an exercise or you do a workout and you get to the end of it and you feel whatever it's your legs are burning or you're tired or whatever it is right that's a stressful response your body's like that's hard but we mm-hmm. talked about during the strength training episode, if you're not pushing yourself to a point where it's hard, your body is not forced to adapt. Mm-hmm. And if your body doesn't adapt, you don't grow. Right. So in order to challenge our body to improve, we need to apply an appropriate level of stress to it. It can be productive. Mm-hmm. Productive in terms of work or life, right? Like there's... <laughs> If you procrastinate, you know, if you wait to the last minute, it only takes a minute, right? But like the idea of if, if you're down to the wire Mm -hmm. and you're stressed about the fact that you're down to the wire, it's not necessarily pleasant, but you are going to be more productive. Absolutely. Because you have to be. Yep. I have always worked better with a deadline because it, it, it added that little piece of stress that I needed to be able to be as productive as I can be. Yes. If there's no deadline, then I'm just like, nah, I'll work on it whenever I have time. And then yes. it just doesn't get done. 100%. So yeah. this is yeah. where when we think about stressors, we can be like, oh, stress is all bad. No, it's, it, stress can be good. Mm-hmm. It depends on how we do it and how long it lasts. So this mm-hmm. is where stress can turn from productive to not productive, which mm-hmm. is the idea of acute stress versus chronic stress. Acute stress is a beginning and an end, right? Like mm-hmm. I have a deadline. Now it could be medium length, right? Like, oh, I have a, I'm in a stressful season right now. Like we just came out mm-hmm. on the heels of the holidays. That can be a stressful season for a lot mm-hmm. of people, right? Mm-hmm. And so that could be a couple of weeks or whatever it is that that's a stressful time. Mm-hmm. But it's just still acute because you are not like, there's a time at which the stressor The holiday season is now done. Mm -hmm. All right. Now we know whether or not we're managing our stress appropriately during these acute stressful situations by how we rebound from those stressful situations. Meaning you got this, right? You were sick last week. Yep. 
right? So on the heels of a high stress acute situation, then we are potential. If we haven't been able to manage it appropriately, then we are vulnerable to illness or whatever because our body has like tapped out its ability to handle any other stressors, right? Like you're like I'm, I, you shut it down because your yeah. body's just like I can't. Or think of an adrenaline situation, right? Like if you if you have an like you ever get like really tired after like a full day of like holy cow, I was going and then you just crash hard. Yeah. So, I mean, anyone who's like really high anxiety knows if you have like a true anxiety attack, yep. once it's over, you sleep. need to go to sleep. You need sleep. to because you're, you're exhausted. You're physically exhausted. You're mentally exhausted. You just need to sleep. And it could be like you could have had your anxiety attack at 7 a.m. and it's over mm. at 8 a.m. And then you're like, okay, I'm done for the day. Like yeah. I can't. Shut it down. 100%. Yeah, you shut down. Yeah. yeah, it's it's because we have a, a limited capacity for this. So our ability to manage those stressful situations, whether it's like momentary, right? So we'll talk about momentary, like in the moment I am stressed, like this is a stressful situation, I need to be able to mitigate this to the point where it doesn't debilitate me from doing anything else afterward. Because that's yeah. the point that we're talking about here. But also, if it's a little bit longer term, medium term, how do we do that? And then avoiding the chronic stress situations because when these stretch out into like i am i am in a state of stress long term this is where we have the negative health effects right yeah. so there's there's negative effects on your fat loss and your ability to do things right mm -hmm. and like the scale going up and that sort of thing like that's one side of it but the much more dramatic like dangerous side of things that people talk about like hey stress is a really bad thing this is chronic stress that they're talking about this is elevated heart rate, elevated blood pressure, like heart disease, all of these things. You've probably seen the scary pictures of like a healthy brain versus a stress brain, right? Mm -hmm. Stress increases, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia, and all of these things. Like what they're talking about with that is not momentary stress, not acute mm -hmm. stress, and probably not even medium term stress, depending on how you handle it. They're talking about mm -hmm. chronic stress. Chronic stress is stress that is just staying with you. And so when we're thinking about how do we manage stress, there are Proactive and there are reactive strategies to managing stress. Proactive is where am I starting? Because <laughs> if, mm -hmm. if I start my day at a level seven, any stressor is going to take me to a 10. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be difficult for me to manage at a 10 all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's starting your baseline a little bit lower and that's being proactive about it. And then there's reactive, which is we do need strategies to yep. handle stress and and you know reactive versus responsive like you know proactive reactive is it just is alliterative or whatever it is but like response versus react is the idea so you have strategies in the moment because stressors mm -hmm. happen and this is particularly helpful in the moment so i want to start with um the reactive side of things because the mm -hmm. proactive side of things is a little bit more nebulous. So the reactive side of things is how do I handle stress, a stressful situation when it comes up? Okay. And then also how do I increase my threshold for what is stressful to me or your mm -hmm. capacity on this? Because, and there's two sides to this. So the, and this is going to sound dumb, I don't know if dumb is the right word. This is going to sound a little maybe foofy, right? Talk about breathing, right? But breathing oh, is oh, oh, oh. highly, highly underrated. Yep. And the way that we can breathe, right? So it's not just, all right, take some deep breaths, okay? Mm -hmm. But the idea of like 
if I'm faced with a stressful situation, <laughs> this is again, talking about kids, my kids having a meltdown and I tell him to calm down. Ooh, don't do that. He can't calm down. It actually stresses him out more. <laughs> like yeah, he physically, <laughs> you cannot, because it's, it's like, it's like me telling him to sprout wings and fly. It's not like, Oh, I, you know, I don't, I cannot do it in this moment. So mm-hmm. telling yourself to calm down, telling somebody else to calm down is not a helpful thing. It's actually can be hurtful in terms mm-hmm. of the process that we're trying to do here. But we do need to center ourselves in the place of what's happening to us when we when we get stressed out. And one of the first things that happens is our heart starts to beat really fast. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we need to slow our heart rate down. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be one of the things that reduces our stress in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. The heart rate. Now, a lot of this is we, I heard this phrase and I thought it was great because the reason why calm down doesn't work is you can't use the mind to control the mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Really good. You can't, you can't try to think yourself out of the way that you're thinking or feeling. Like you, like you can't, you need to use the body to control the mind and we can use the mind to control the body. Okay. So the idea is if I am stressed, which is a psychological, like it's a, it's in my head, right? It's a physical response to what's happening in my head. The, the reaction, the way that I combat it is through my body because my mind can't do it. (laughs) My mind can't just be like, calm down. And then I, because it's not a voluntary response. It's an involuntary response. It's your autonomic nervous system, which is the ones that cause your bodily your bodily functions, your organs to move. And like you can't be like, I want my spleen to work harder. Like you can't. <laughs> like you can't and then does. There's only one autonomic function that we have control over, and that's our breathing. The only thing that you will do involuntarily is breathe but you can also control your breath. Mm-hmm. And that's your diaphragm is the only muscle that is on, controlled by your autonomic nervous system that you also have control over. It's wild mm-hmm. this way. And it's the, it's the way that we were built, designed to mm-hmm. be able to do this. Now, our heart is moving fast, stressful situation. Heart's pumping. If I take a deep inhale... What happens? I actually, I actually decrease the space for my heart to work. Mm -hmm. So what is it going to do? It's going to beat faster Mm -hmm. to get the same because it's like I got to get blood where blood needs to go because this is a stressful situation. I need blood to the extremities, right? Mm -hmm. Reaction, fight, flight, or fetal, right? Like blood Mm -hmm. needs to go to the extremities right now because might need to run. So your heart is pumping fast. If I take a deep inhale and then hold it, (laughs) certainly, right? Now, there's not as much space for my heart to pump. And we talked about this in the cardio episode, right? Where we talk about the two functions of the heart is how much does it expand and how hard does it contract, right? If I'm trying to get more blood, I need a big extension and a hard contraction. If I can't expand, right, like I'm I'm choked on the bike pump, I can't get a full extension, right? What am I going to do to get the same amount of air out? I'm going to pump faster and harder. So I'm actually going to go the opposite direction of what I'm trying to do by taking a deep inhale. 
So what do I need to do? I need more space for my heart to expand. So where does that come from? That means my diaphragm needs to get smaller. That's the exhale. Mm -hmm. So what we are going to do is to do a longer, more vigorous exhale than our inhale. When you're doing your breathing. So if I'm yeah. going to, you can, nose, mouth, right? The, the general thing is in through your nose, out through your mouth. That's the kind of general thing, but you can do mouth, mouth. You can do nose. You don't really want to exhale through your nose because you're not going to be able to get as much. You can't do a vigorous exhale out through your nose. Yeah. So idea is I'm going to do an inhale, exhale. Get it all out, all out. Maybe I do a... Or the other thing is this is called uh, something called the psychological, uh, no, sorry, the physiological sigh, which is uh, a term for a special way of doing this, which is you do a double inhale and then an exhale. So the double inhale is not necessarily, oh, I'm going to get a ton more breath in, but it's I'm going to get a little bit more breath in, but not necessarily expand my, my, my diaphragm all that much more. So I do an inhale. <sighs> So inhale, second inhale, exhale, vigorous exhale. So now I'm getting a little bit more air in with that extra inhale, but not necessarily expand. I'm not doing a big overdrawn inhale, right? I'm getting two inhales for the price of one, basically, mm -hmm. and then have more air to exhale with psychological size. So this is the idea of I'm going to slow my heart rate through my breathing. I'm going to control my mind through my body and the way that I control the only thing that I can control within my body to control the things that are involuntary is my breathing. Mm -hmm. So nasal inhale, mouth exhale, either a, a sh not necessarily shallower, but a, maybe a normal inhale and a longer exhale, right? So in, in for one, out for three four, five, like get it all out, then do it again. Okay. And mm -hmm. if you just sat there and you did five breaths like that, okay, you, you will notice you could do it right now. You could measure your heart rate, I'm sure sit there still, that. close your eyes and yeah. then do this five to 10 times and then measure your heart rate again. I kind of want to try that. <laughs> It'd be a fun experiment for you. If you if you want to pause right now and do it, by all means, if you want to try it afterward, I would love to do it. But again, is it going to be dramatic? Maybe not as you're sitting here, right? Like if you're if you're not in heightened stress, you're probably not going to see it happen. But if your heart rate is high, all of this is relative. It's in terms of percentages, right? So just like we talk about fat loss and weight loss in terms of percentages, right? In the episode that we talked about why it's harder for women to lose weight, we talked about it as in terms of percentages, right? Somebody who's 120 pounds, who's trying to lose five pounds, well, that's 4% of their body weight versus mm -hmm. somebody who's 300 pounds who loses 4% of their body weight, that's 12 pounds, okay? So it's all relative. So if my heart rate's high, elevated, because it's a stressful situation, I'm at 150 and I drop it 10 beats per minute, that's a pretty significant thing. If I'm at my resting heart rate, I'm probably not gonna be able to drop it 10 beats per minute because I just don't right. have the room. Right. Um, so some of it would be you probably if you were going to do this, like do some jumping jacks for, you know, 30 to 60 seconds, get your heart rate up a little bit and then try the process. Um, mm -hmm. 
and you can see what this looks like. But also just try this in your next stressful situation, right? It's something that you can do immediately in, in the moment to reduce your stress. So I'm, I, I, a stressor comes in, I feel myself getting stressed. I go from a three to an eight. All right. Can I bring myself from an eight fairly immediately down to a five? Potentially. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. It's a lot of the elementary schools are starting reading exercises with kids in kindergarten yeah. as, as a response to stressors, but also as a, just as a way to just calm their bodies down is all is what they say. But we as adults know calm your body down means you're showing signs of stress. How can we reduce that? Mm -hmm. And it's, so my, my daughter's nine and she knows so many different breathing exercises that she teaches to us when she gets yep. home. She's like, we do the rainbow breathing or we do the mm -hmm. flower breathing and all these, or like we pretend we're blowing on a cup of hot tea and that's yep. that extended exhale. Um, mm -hmm. But I just love that they're doing this with kids because I grew up being told like, calm down, you're stressed, yep. calm down. And like you said, that doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, no. you can't say that to a person who's stressed out. They're they yeah. can't hear that. No, for sure. So the breathing piece is super underrated. And and so I did an episode, gosh, it's probably, I don't know, five, six, something like that with Mike Levine, where he talks about breath a little bit and breath work. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have uh, Jonathan Anginelli. I think I'm pronouncing his name. Forgive me, Jonathan, if I'm, if I'm botching your name. Uh, but in the next, uh, probably the end of the month, I'm going to have him on. And his, he's big into breathing, right? His, his method is called the breathe, move, nurse, BMN. Um, and he puts breathing first because it's like that idea of, and I'm like, you know what? You're not wrong. Like you're not wrong to hear this. Or when I had Dan Rosenthal on and we talked about, he, I said, what are your two things that you would do? He's like, I would focus on sleep and stress management first thing when it comes to fat loss, mm -hmm. because if you're doing those two things, it makes everything else so much simpler. If you're breathing, if you're able to focus on your breath, if you're able to, to, to focus on your stress management, then it makes everything else so much simpler. So double inhale, exhale, the cycle of uh, the physiological side, or just a longer exhale, vigorous, longer exhale, emphasize breathing. Those things are in the moment things that you can do. Now, there are other things that we can do that are, um, kind of in the in that medium term strategy, which is I how do I increase my capacity for stress? Okay, and then we're going to talk about and this is kind of where we do the uh, the this will be the transitional piece between this and then chronic stress, which is really the proactive stuff um, that we're trying to do. So acute stress, momentary stress, how do I handle it? That's absolutely breathing work. A, Medium term stress is this is where I raise my capacity for stress. This is the practicing handling stress situation. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so this is something as simple as I'm going to intentionally put myself into a stressful situation, a mm -hmm. controlled stressful situation, and I'm going to manage my stress within the situation. Okay. So now I am not, I'm going to be abundantly clear on this. I have no desire whatsoever to put myself into a cold tub. Okay. Ugh. We've talked about this. No this desire whatsoever. And I've, I've said it on here. What, but the yeah. premise of this, the premise of this is this, right? One, I've, told, I've said I can see the benefits of this, okay? I can see the benefits of this. One is psychologically, I can do hard things, 
Okay. Now there are other hard things that I would like to do much more than that. Um, but then physiologically, the thing that you can do, this is a controlled stressful situation that is acute, but where you, what do you do when you go into a cold tub? You focus on your breathing, right? Because the idea is I'm forcing a stressful situation on myself and then I'm forcing my body to learn to respond to it appropriately. Now you can do the same thing with a hard workout. Mm-hmm. You can do the same thing with doing something that is outside of your comfort zone. Public speaking, taking a class that you aren't comfortable with. A stressful situation for me recently was to do that, the virtual event that I did, and I had to record a a, a talk for that. That was a stressful situation. Now, it was a controlled stressful situation that I chose to put on myself. But I had to mitigate my stress in that so that I could handle it long term. So the idea is, how do I handle medium term stress? Well, this is where it gets cyclical. Okay. And I'll go back to the sleep piece. One of the best ways to improve your sleep is to work out during the day. Mm -hmm. If you work out during the day and you move and you do things, you're going to be more tired at the end of the day. And Mm -hmm. so it's going to be easier for you to sleep. All right. It is cyclical, which is then in turn going to make it easier for you to work out the next time. Mm -hmm. Stress is the same way, right? If I'm exercising consistently, if I'm walking, running, strength training, if I'm eating high quality, less processed foods, Mm -hmm. all of these things are going to reduce my stress because I'm putting myself into a controlled stressful situation and then I'm making a conscious choice to respond to it appropriately. And so this is all just like the the action motivation cycle, right? We take an action, we get results, then we're motivated to take more action, mm-hmm. right? That's the cycle, okay? Yeah. You have to start with an action though. And so if I take the action, whatever it might be to... I'm in a stressful situation, but I handle it appropriately. Then the result is, okay, I learned how to handle that stress. So then I'm more capable then of then for the next stressful. And I increase my threshold that way. So don't start with, so like this would be something, if I had a fear of heights, I would not go to the top of the Empire State Building, not the observation deck, but the wicked high one, and then just hang off the edge as a first thing. I wouldn't be like Tom Cruise, right, where he sat on the top of the tallest building in the world with no harness on, like a friggin' maniac. That's that's too much of a threshold. I've gone yeah. too high. I have to start where I'm at. And so you start where you're at. You do something. You improve your threshold. And so then it's all a matter of then degrees. So now mm-hmm. what was once a 10 for me is now a 6. Mm -hmm. this is what the difference is between an adult and a toddler, right? Mm -hmm. I told my toddler, what did I tell him last night? Uh, It was, it was like he got the, oh, it was today for lunch. I made his lunch today and I had already made it. I got a grilled cheese and I got a, we got these things from my mom for Christmas that were like cutters of the sandwich into shapes. Right. And He's wicked into dinosaurs, so I cut him a dinosaur, right? So he's got two dinosaurs for his his lunch. And he was gung-ho about it yesterday. He was bat 
over the moon about these dinosaurs. He's like, that was so great. Ate them all up. was pumped. And so then, but last night he saw a couple of the other ones that my mom got. And they were like, you know, there's dinosaurs, but there's like a heart and a tree and a star. And I'm like, none of those are as cool as a dinosaur, right? Particularly to a kid who's wicked into dinosaurs. So I made him a dinosaur already today before he woke up, right? I packed his lunch. He had a dinosaur in his lunch. And I'm like getting the kids into the car actively. Their coats are on and I'm bringing them to the car. And he's like, daddy, I want a heart grilled cheese sandwich. And I was like, you got a dinosaur grilled cheese sandwich. And he was like, no, I want a heart. I'm like, you can have a heart tomorrow or the next time we do a grilled cheese lost his mind like just you would have thought i shot him in the leg (laughs) this poor kid man was losing it and that's because what to adults would be like this doesn't feel like a level 10 like the house is on fire response like it's not even a candle is lit like it's an electric candle is turned on, mm-hmm. but oh, you're acting like the house is on fire. You know what yeah. I mean? It's an extreme response, is what it's I an extreme. It's it feels like an extreme response to an adult, but for him, his capacity is not the same as mine. And so, what yeah. would be a level two? Like if if you came over, and I don't know if this would be, but like if my sandwich was not cut into the shape that I wanted to like if I went to a restaurant and they cut my sandwich you know vertically instead of diagonally or something like that and I lost what my month I know better. it is I understand that it looks better but like if I'm gonna have a meltdown because it's cut right like you see these like crazy videos yeah. of people being like I can't believe you put this in a paper cup like why I wouldn't have yeah. ordered it if it wasn't if I knew it wasn't gonna be in a regular mug it's like all right like that person's capacity is is lower and now it might be that they're just already brimmed Mm -hmm. right and so it didn't take a lot to set them over the edge but also you're like that doesn't feel like a level 10 situation right and so the way that we increase our capacity is by having a stressful situation that's controlled right so there's maybe a way that i could have handled that with him a little bit differently in hindsight, right? I'm not saying that he was right in his thing, but the way that I can help him is I could have, you know, the the, the prep idea is the idea. Like I'm going to prepare him for this. And so I tell him ahead of time instead of him mm. finding out when he wants something, right? So, I, hey, by the way, bud, I made you dinosaur grilled cheese for your lunch today. Pumped, right? So... Mm. Then when he sees it, it's like, hey, remember you were excited about the dinosaur grilled cheese. Like he's prepped for it. He's he's able to like handle the stressful situation because he's it's controlled space versus mm-hmm. an uncontrolled space. And so how we do this is we actively put ourselves in situations that are going to be potentially positive stressors that are appropriate for us now. Mm-hmm. And then we handle them and that increases our capacity. But it's just a one degree of difficulty. The idea of like, if, if you were, if you wanted to work out and you had a goal to, you know, bench press 225 pounds, the first time you come in to see me, I'm not going to put 225 pounds on the bar and say, give it your best shot. 
good luck. <laughs> you're going to get buried, right? Yeah. You have to start where you're at. And then over the course of time, you get stronger and stronger. And then it becomes, you go from 215 to 225. That's a reasonable jump. Mm -hmm. But you have to start where you're at. So that's the idea is in a controlled situation, you force stress upon yourself to the level that you can handle it. And you mm -hmm. prove to yourself that you can handle it using mm -hmm. some of these acute skills and then longer term skills. Now, longer term skills and how do we avoid chronic stress? And this is where we're starting our day at a lower level, right? And mm -hmm. this is how we mitigate medium term, certainly avoid longer term and make mm -hmm. acute stressful situations not over overstimulate us is because we start our day at a, this is the proactive side of stress, mm -hmm. stress management. And these are the things that are going to be true in general, right? So I'm not, uh, again, I don't want to get too new agey and I'm not going to tell, I'm going to tell you some things that I do and I'm going to tell you some things that I don't do that I think could be valuable, um, whether my clients have done them or, or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. but I'll be honest and there's things that I don't do. Like I don't meditate in the traditional sense. Mm -hmm. I think that there is one, there's a ton of research on the value of meditation. I have tons of clients who've had success from meditation. I cannot to this point in my life, I have not had success meditating in the traditional sense. Yep. I'm with you. It almost stresses me out more because I, yeah. like I can't make my brain stop. Yeah. There's a, a guilt associated with like, why can't I, you know what I mean? Now I can, but what does meditating look like for me? I will go mow the lawn mm -hmm. and put on music Mm -hmm. that I'm not really paying attention to and I will let my mind go where it's going to go and yeah. just follow it down the rabbit holes. Or like when I used to drive an hour to teach, I would mm -hmm. in the mornings because I wasn't fully awake yet, I would just, and it was 101, which is just a straight road. There's nobody on it. I would hit cruise control at 73 miles an hour and I'm like, all right, 33 mm -hmm. minutes on this straight road that looks exactly the same. I'm not mm -hmm. even, I probably won't see a car at 645 yeah. in the morning. I wouldn't listen to music. I would just Ooh, sit there in silence. Mm -hmm. I would just sit there in silence and I would let my brain go where it was going to go first thing in the morning. And it would just be mm -hmm. like, oh, what did I, what did I, that stream of consciousness, like, where did I go today? That was an interesting place mm -hmm. to go to. Yeah. Now, whether that's, you know, beneficial or not. And, and, and then what I do from that is I'll do a brain dump. So if there's something that comes up, I'm like, okay, that's, that's worthy of thought. Like that's in my head. Like that's a thought. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to write it down, right? If it was, mm -hmm. if I'm driving, I'll just do like, Hey, take a note and I'll just write it down. Mm -hmm. A weird thing for me now is like, I'll have these streams of consciousness and I'll come up with like content ideas. <laughs> like, and I'm like, Oh, that's an interesting thought. Like I, there's maybe something there. And so I have a list. I'll look at it. Uh, I don't know how many, I have 186 notes on my phone of content ideas that some of them will never see the light of day. Most of them will never see the light of day, but these are just like phrases or thoughts or whatever. And I just write them down. And now for me, that turns into content ideas, but oftentimes it's just the brain dump, right? It's just, it's in my head. It comes out oh, of my yeah. head. So, so a brain dump or journaling, again, I don't do journaling, but I do these brain dumps. Some people do the journaling piece, like you know, dear diary, you know, this is whatever, but, um, you can do whatever you, or just write down what happened that day or whatever it is. But the idea of like, I, it's in my head, it needs to get out of my head. Mm -hmm. 
So writing it down. The idea of this is going to sound again, this is going to sound foofy, but it's so underrated. But practicing gratitude and like writing down some things that you're thankful for, like actively writing them down or saying them out loud, like Mm -hmm. some things that you're thankful for, Mm -hmm. highly underrated for managing Mm -hmm. stress. Because in the moment, you're like, what is good in the world? <laughs> like, Yeah, but it makes those things come to the forefront. So like, yes. that's where your focus goes. I started doing that during your six-week challenge. Yeah. And I will say for the first week, I'm like, this is so stupid. Yep. Like, I keep repeating the same few things. Yeah. Or like, I have like eight on heavy rotation. <laughs> so yeah. like, combinations of three. Um, but after a while, it just became such a night. Like I looked forward to it. Yeah. So we would do it at dinner and we would just like talk about the, mm-hmm. I mean, each of us would share one so that mm-hmm. the dinner conversation wasn't entirely that and Emerson yeah. could actually chew food. Uh, but we, we moved on and it just felt really nice to end your day talking about something that you were really glad for. Yeah. In whatever, whatever aspect, like it could have been like, I was glad that it was sunny today because it was, mm-hmm. it's been rainy for a week and the sun does wonders for the mood. Or like, I'm glad that I, I uh, finished a book. You know, yeah. it's, it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's something. It's so small. You're, yeah. yeah. It's we, do it, we do it at dinner as well. We call it like favorite things. Like what was your favorite thing today? And, yeah. and you know, the twins are just like dinosaur, rawr, right? Like they're too <laughs> young to get it. Like Levi will, and Levi will sometimes say things that actually happen. And sometimes they'll like, I'm like, you lived a different life in your head than you lived in real life. Today. <laughs> like, he's like, I love that. I went to Grammy's house and then Gigi's house. And then I had a pizza. And then I'm like, you went, you did none of those things today. Like you, that, you, did, you, you did zero <laughs> of those things today. But like Megan and I will do it. And there's times where we look at each other was good today <laughs> like yeah. and and yeah. to force yourself in those days where you're like this was a really hard day to find something to be grateful mm-hmm. for is so valuable and it's one of the last things that i do with levi before we put him down like you know, the twins are a little bit younger for this and they can't sit still but levi like his bedtime routine is like all right we're gonna read two like when it's me that puts them down we're gonna read two books we're gonna do your prayers we're gonna sing a song and when we do our prayers it's like hey god thank you for Mm-hmm. whatever it is and it's it's usually i do it like i'm praying from his perspective sort of thing but it is mm-hmm. it's like for me i have to f- force myself into that spot like hey thank you that you know today he's at uh daycare but like the twins are at my mom's house like thank you that Gigi and papa live so close to us and we get to see them like thank mm-hmm. you that um you know, we have this house and, and this comfy bed to be in, you know, and it's just those simple things because one, it's valuable for them, but two, for us to have that mm-hmm. positive perspective because it's very easy to get buried, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about releasing serotonin is one of the ways that we do this, right? This is, and I don't want to get too into the, you know, I'm not going to overstep my boundaries here, but the idea of like, where, why do people struggle with depression, particularly this time of year, right? Like seasonal affective disorder, right? Mm-hmm. Why is that a problem? Is because we have lower serotonin. Like we don't have as much vitamin D. We're not producing as much serotonin. This is why it's valuable to go walk outside, get some vitamin D. Yes. Like, or I have like sitting over here, like one of these like sun lights um, mm-hmm. that I'll turn on and get myself in the morning. Uh, particularly if I'm at the gym in the morning and I'm like, I'm not going to get outside for four or five hours today. Uh, the first four or five hours of the day, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to get five, 10 minutes of just the light on me just because it's like, Hey, there's, there's brightness. There's life in the world. You know what I mean? Like, um, but the reason why we, people have, you know, depression is they have inherently low serotonin levels. And so the antidepressant medication is SSSRI 
SSRIs, which is to increase your serotonin levels. That's the the premise of them is they're going to increase like your baseline serotonin levels. And so there are some things that we can do. Now there's some supplements and things, ashwagandha, and there's things like that that you can do as well that are valuable to this. Take vitamin D, be outside, you know, walk. All of these things are good, right? All the things that we talk about, exercise, good nutrition, walking, being outside, all of these things that are for fat loss or for nutrition in general, right? Or health in general are going to help manage your stress and then vice versa. You help manage your stress. That makes it easier to do those things. It is cyclical that way. But the idea is if I can be doing things to raise my serotonin levels, that's going to help manage stress because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm starting at, I'm starting a little bit of a higher level. So this mm -hmm. is where, uh, again, people can get too into this with like the morning routine. Like, Oh, I, like I've saw this one dude and he's like obnoxious. Um, his name's Chris Crone. I'm going to call him out because he's obnoxious. And he's like, I have like this five hour morning routine that he talks about. He's like, I, no, he's married. He's got kids. And his thing is like, he's like, I'm going to live to be 185. Like, you know, I've, I've hacked the world. He's like just obnoxious. He's an obnoxious person. He started in real estate, but now he's like, getting into health stuff. And I'm like, you just, you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and he's just, he's like, if you saw, he like does his videos with like gold bars and stacks of cash on his, like, he's, he's that level of like a monoxious human. That guy. Yeah. So, but his, he's like, I got this, you know, five hour morning routine where like I, I get in the cold thing and then I, I, you know, and then I do my gratitudes and then I do cardio while listening to whale orgasm noises and you know like all this like weird, <laughs> like dead serious this is like the aaron Rodgers stuff too he's like this is healing my my achilles is you know like i'm listening to you know like stuff is just weird right like we don't need oh, to go into this but the idea of having some structures some routines in your life that are things that are regularly increasing your serotonin levels, increasing your mood, getting you into a place where you're able to start the day, not at a level seven, but at a level mm -hmm. three. So bookend your day with it, right? So like, this is going to be, this is going to sound so simple, right? But like my morning, there's a 10 minute, 12, 15 minute thing that I do. You know, I, I sit here while I'm having my breakfast. Okay. I sit here, I got the light on me. I have my Bible open. I read my Bible and I pray for three, five minutes, right? That's the beginning of my day. At the end of the, my day, I'm going to do a, a little bit of a brain dump and I'm going to have the time, the gratitude, you know, I have the favorite things and I have the, the prayer with, with Levi at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Those are my things, okay, that are consistent that I'm mm -hmm. going to do. Come hell or high water, that's going to happen because those things allow me just on a consistent basis. Those are dailies, right? Then you have weeklies, monthlies, etc. Okay, but these are things that are going to do it so highly underrated in this and this is gonna i'm gonna tell this story um to tell this uh to illustrate this but having fun <laughs> having fun in your life particularly in the context of social connection real connection not text messaging conversation like real connection increases your serotonin now real connection also has the ability to be stressful right so you have to understand like yeah. cut out negative people in your life right? If you can, right? But like have boundaries. This is an appropriate thing. Like there's a great book called Boundaries that's worth reading if you like have a hard time doing this. Um, and I, that might be the only book that I ever recommend on this podcast because I'm not uh, great, but like fantastic book. But the idea of like have boundaries, but people who fill your cup, mm -hmm. right? And have fun. So like when some, when I have somebody who's like, 
a client who's just having a I think you and I talked about this when you were, I was like, you need, you need to go have some fun. Like call Heather. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like go on a date night with John, like go get your nails done. Like what, what fills your cup? What makes, gives you some joy? Mm -hmm. Because when we don't do that, then we're, we're trying to pour from an empty cup. We're like, we're, we're starting from a deficit. So I think I told this story before, but it was, I'll say it in a different context. Last December, it, it came up for me so last december early december i got sick and that threw me off and then it was like two three weeks where i like couldn't just get myself back into it right i was like it was stressful and i couldn't get myself back into a groove i wasn't working out i wasn't posting anything whatever it was and and it carried all the way through christmas into the new year and i was like i can't get myself out of this and because it was just it was it wasn't that there there was there was a stressful situation that i didn't handle well Right, being sick, and then the the after effects of that, like not being able to do work and and those types of things, and because of that, then I just I like, couldn't I couldn't handle any any stress. Right, I was yeah. like in a deficit, and I couldn't get myself to go do anything that was helping me. Right, this is how we spiral in the wrong direction, and so it was like need need some connection. And so my mm-hmm. wife literally was like, "You, one of my best friends moved to Virginia." Uh, a year ago, it was like, it was like a year and a couple of months before that. And I hadn't been to see him. I'd only seen him a couple of times since, you know, they moved and it was like, and she was like, I, I called him. They're fine. Like go visit them. Like I will take the kids for the weekend, go visit him in Virginia. And that's like, right. First of all, like ball or wife move. Yeah. Just absolute sensational wife and I'm, I'm incredibly grateful that right. I have her right and that she was willing to do that for me but she saw mm-hmm. like you need connection and you need to go have mm-hmm. some fun and so I went down with it and it wasn't like we sat there and we like talked through like oh man like what's going on like what's we went and we like went to top golf and we got yeah. buffalo just wings we just had fun and it yeah. was um, it wasn't like I was there for a long time, but the idea of like that was, and I came back and I was, I was able to kind of start to move in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But the reason why it required something so extreme was that I had neglected it for months prior to that. Like I had not been doing a good job of taking care of myself and having fun and doing things that then I needed something extreme to do it versus being more regular about it. I felt that this year a little bit. And part of why I like, I tried to take some time off. Like I took the week between Christmas and new year's off from the gym. Like I, I took, I told you, I told you when I took it, I took a week at the end of the summer and I was like, I don't think I've taken a week of vacation from the gym in four years. Like mm-hmm. I took three days off when Megan and I went to California for a baby moon after, you know, before the twins. But aside from that, like since I started working there, I did not like take days off from coaching at the gym uh, intentionally. Like I did it if like the kids were sick or I was sick or whatever it was. But like it wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm just taking days. And it wasn't like I did anything. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do it. It was just like I took time off. Mm-hmm. to and then I tried to do something fun like we tried to do something enjoyable during that time like hey we're gonna go out to breakfast mm-hmm. we're gonna go do whatever like you you know the things that bring you joy mm-hmm. and it's something it could be something as simple as like doing Legos right but like mm-hmm. don't don't let it be something that it's like oh this 
it has to look a certain way like oh i should be reading or what like no do the things that are fun like one of the things that you know reflecting in this time of the year and you know the new year talk about this uh you know with megan i'm like hey one of the things i want to do a better job of because i still felt it this year i was like i need i need to do a better job of regularly doing this so i'm like i i want to go golf this summer more mm-hmm. i'm not a good golfer but you don't do it enough. no it's it's because i'm not a good golfer <laughs> i mean i might get a little bit better but i don't i don't have dreams of becoming a good golfer but the idea is i'm going to yeah. be outside in a nice place like golf courses are a nice grassy place i'm out in nature it's a sunny day have a drink play a game that i you know and the reason why i don't want to be good is because i don't want it to be stressful where i'm trying to be good i'm just like if i go into it with like i'm gonna lose a half a dozen golf balls have a couple drinks be outside hang out with a buddy like that's a good time for me yeah that's what it looks like to what are you doing (laughs) I put it on the counter. Oh, my wife just walked in and is looking. Amy saying hi. She's like looking for Hello. gift cards. Those are the gift cards. <laughs> You're on 100% on video. <laughs> this is what's happening. Is, just keep going. <laughs> I like saw her. I saw her head in like the bottom corner of the thing. I'm like, what is that? I didn't even know you were home. I have my noise canceling things on. Oh, did you hear that whole thing? Oh, so she heard me like <laughs> I wouldn't have given you a call. Talking about what a great boy she is. <laughs> no, uh, I'm all frazzled. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. So the idea is like we we want to be proactive with taking care of ourselves and doing things that are enjoyable and fun and 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 do this like raises your serotonin levels. So mm-hmm. some things that are fun. So if you're thinking about all right, how do I manage my stress? And we're, we're almost at the end here. How do I manage my stress, right? So there's there's the strategies for in the moment, right? With the breathing and those types of things. There's increasing your capacity by intentionally putting yourself into potentially positive stressful situations and helping yourself mitigate them. Recognizing mm-hmm. that stressors are not in our control and that stress is ambivalent to what the stressor is. Your response is the same. Your body's response is the same. And so you can increase your ability to handle potentially negative stressors by handling positive stressors, things that are putting you in the right direction. And and again, stress is not inherently bad. There are potentially great benefits to stress. And then being proactive and decreasing your chronic stress is going to come from doing all these, right? All these things that if this is trying to allow you to do are also the things that increase or, you know, decrease your stress, which is going for a walk and being outside and exercise and nutrition and all of these types of things. Um, like, I don't know about you at the end of the week, like we just ate out a lot last week, <sighs> just ate out a lot last week. And I got to the point, I was like, I, I could really use a vegetable. <laughs> like I was like, I could really, that would, and it felt better, right? You feel better and I'm less stressed and I'm, I'm like, okay, this is, this is, this is simpler, mm-hmm. um, when I'm doing these things. But the other thing is have fun, practice gratitude, be mindful of your decisions and then mm-hmm. increase social connection. Like this is going to sound and I'm going to go here and it's weird that I'm going to end here, but like if you're married, have sex, yeah, or you're in a relationship, have sex, like I was going to come back in. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <That's>... 
<laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, no, <laughs> we're going to end the podcast right now. Uh, <laughs> no, but like level of connection, like real, genuine, honest, vulnerable connection. Mm-hmm. Not somebody you have to put on a like this isn't this isn't like being social for the sake of being social. This is somebody who you can be truly yourself with and, and connect with in a real level. Like there's a reason why like intimacy mm-hmm. is is developed through that. But it's also cyclical, right? Like you do this through people who you can be that. So have some make some friends, find some friends, uh, mm-hmm. develop those relationships with those friends and be intentional about the time with them because mm-hmm. it's very easy that is that is one thing that like this comes back to i've told this story before about like why do we we go out on regular date nights as opposed to go on mm-hmm. vacations because for us the regular social connection with each other and then with other couples and things like that does more for us in terms of managing the stress which we are bombarded with stressors at this current stage in our life yes children for sure work yep. Absolutely. Family, all the things, right? There's, there's no shortage of stressors in our life right now. So we have to have to be proactive with it as best we can. Mm -hmm. And then you choose, this is the final thing that I'll say, you have to choose the things that are going to matter to you in terms of stress. So I posted this uh, yesterday and I got a way too many responses of people being like, so I posted uh, a little, I got a, my wife and I got a, a coaster, like a funny coaster for my mother-in-law that said something along the lines of, I'm going to maybe butcher it, but it's like, I don't always have time to fold laundry, but when I do, I don't. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you see the post. video? Of... Now all the laundry is done. It stressed me out. I was like, I oh, have... Jeff. And I was like, oh, Jeff. <laughs> I have five full laundry baskets and a dryer full of clean clothes right now. And to anyone who did not see the post, these are not your human guys' <laughs> laundry baskets. I have never seen laundry baskets that they're, large. I don't know. No, they're the, they're like the mesh ones. They're really like the ones that you would bring they're in college. Massive. Well, they're massive oh, because God. I've stretched them out because I just keep shoving laundry oh, in there. Jesus. And now, I was very impressed that A, that you have that many clothes, and B, that you still have clothes you can wear. Well, there's. I assume that the entire. Like contents of everyone's closet and dressers is just no, it's not. Uh, it's a lot of Megan's clothes. It's a lot of the twins' clothes. I have like six things that I wear, and so I just pull them out of the dryer because I just wear sweatpants every day. Um, I'm wearing real jeans today. Yeah, Ten points to me. But the idea <laughs> is like we have like it would be very easy for that to stress me out. And there's times where it does, right? You're like, oh man, like we just gotta freaking do the laundry. And I got like bless all the people who respond, and they're like. My mother called me. She's like, I have time. Would you like me to come fold your laundry? I was like, the pride of a 32-year-old is not going to allow my mother to come over and fold my laundry. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Like, I love you desperately, and I feel very Thank grateful. I appreciate it very much, but I cannot, I, I cannot as an adult with a mortgage, a minivan, and three children have my mother come over and fold my laundry. Like, I just, I can't, <laughs> I can't bring myself to do it. But mm-hmm. the idea being like, it's very easy for that to stress me out. Because that's a stressor, right? But at some point, you just have to choose. You have to figure out what are going to be the things that are are not going to be that. And that comes from the choosing, finding your level. Because mm-hmm. pre-kids, like this is, this is where it comes down to, again, increasing your threshold. You remember like in high school? Or like you would find out like you would, or middle school, middle school dance, right? And, and 
you're like going to ask somebody to like dance with you. Mm-hmm. And, and the stress levels of like, so-and-so wants to dance with you at the next slow song and the stakes yeah, of it. You never ask for yourself. You no, it's like friend. you send your friend to ask somebody else's friend. And it's just yeah. like, the, but the stakes yeah. were so high, yes. right? It's like, so- oh my, and then it's devastating. Like I remember being devastated when there was like a girl that I had a crush on. Then I was like, I'm going to ask her to dance at the next one. Like I was like, I'm not even going to send a friend. I'm going to, I'm going to go do it myself. And I walked over and she was dancing with somebody else. And I was like crushed. It was the last slow song of of devastated. And then you look at it and you kind of laugh because, or like Facebook memories are hysterical. Like things come up on Facebook because Facebook came out in like, it was its peak when I was like a senior, junior, senior in high school, freshman, sophomore in college. And so like, when I was posting, like, like it was Twitter, like every two, three times a day. And I'm just like posting like whatever was on my mind. This is before smartphones where I had to like go on my yeah. computer to post it. Right. And you just did this thing. That in the old format where it was like yeah. Jeff Delzo is. is. Yeah. And so there's like weird, <laughs> like there's just weird things that no, come up and you're like, it. the rest of the sentence is not here. Like, yeah. um, but you look at it and you're like, man, I was such an angsty teenager. <laughs> like, this is not like I made this so dramatic. Like it was the like uh, it's going to come up again. But like when I was making my decision for college, like where I was going to go to school, like every year that when that comes up and I was like going back and forth on what college and every day I'm like, I decided where I'm going to go. I didn't decide. I wish I knew where I was going to go to college. And you're just like, man, dude, like the stakes were so high to 18 year old 17 year old jeff for this thing that now would like not even cross the threshold of the top 10 decisions i make in a day but it's because when when life changes and your threshold changes and you're like this is not a stressful this is not a stressful thing like all right the laundry's not done like the the stressful conversation is like right now it's like how do we get our toddler to like not just poop in his pull up but mm-hmm. while he sleeps like to hold his to hold his poop all day and then yeah. poop as soon as we leave his room like how do we do that that's the stressor or like how do we get our 2 year old not to slap our older kid like that's the stressor or like Which, is it is it charlotte no no parker oh. parker okay. came in flying the other day like was in the other room with megan was upset she put him down he came running in like right for levi and smacked him in the face like he was going for him like he had a one track mind and like he like slapped it before levi even realized what happened it was from something levi did two minutes earlier and i was like oh my gosh so like that's the level of like that's a stressful situation like the laundry is not like the laundry will get done like it'll get done when it gets done yeah, and it's clean clothes. It's, it's clean not like clothes. you have piles and piles of dirty like, yeah. yeah, it's it's like, would it be nice if this laundry was away? 100%. But like on the priority list of things. So this is where mm-hmm. increasing your capacity changes the threshold of what is stressful for you. Mm-hmm. I had a real grown-up moment today. Mm-hmm. I took laundry out of the dryer as mm-hmm. I was getting M ready for school. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You're never going to guess. Did she fold it? It's already folded and put away. What a champion. Go ahead. I know. I mean, granted, it was gym clothes, so like very easy to fold and put away. Yep. But still. Good for her. But still. No, yeah. mine. Oh, you hers. did it. Oh. Yeah. I thought, like, she, I thought she did it. No, she. I'm teaching her how to do her own laundry at oh. this point because like, 
She's the kid. She tries something on, and if it touches her body for more than thirty seconds, it's dirty. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm doing your laundry constantly. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like it's time for you to to start doing your own. Yeah. All right. Well, so there's our there's our plan here, right? So mm-hmm. strategies during it increase your threshold. Mm-hmm. Strategies for impacting your starting 